welcome to the Red Smite Podcast. My name is Jevin Phillips, and joining me today is Quinn Wooji Ridgeway. How are those listening? Uh, you know, it's been better. Had a string of losses that got me demoted. Unfortunate, but still in gold two. Got a little bit of LP keeping me from zero LP, so. Yeah. No, I know. Earlier this week, we went, uh, me and you played a lot of dual queue and went on a pretty fat win streak there. But, it was like 11-2 and two or something at one point. It was pretty nice. But over the past couple of days, I have noticed, like, it seems just like a general worsening of the public servers. <laughs> <laughs> For real, dude. I, I swear, it's like the back-to-school kids or something, all their moms coming in the room telling them they got to go do their homework or something, and just fat ragers, AFK, like flame, like almost every game. It's, I don't really want to play ranked at the moment. Yeah, I'm not quite sure what is going on. It's definitely the opposite of what was happening last week. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, getting into the news, uh, patch uh, 618, the world's patch, the uh, patch notes just dropped for it today. So uh, we're just going to run through uh, what the different changes were. There weren't too many like monumental changes, I would say. But it's a good tuning of the general uh, general meta of of League, and Yorick is also getting released. Uh, yeah, the rework Yorick. Rework Yorick is definitely going to be interesting. Yeah, so I'm just going to run through some of these uh, changes. Not all of them are super important, so I'm just going to go through some of the bigger ones. Um, this one's going to hurt Ash, I think, actually, quite a bit, to be honest. They're taking her cooldown on her W from 12, 10, 8, 6, 4 seconds to 15, 12.5, 10, 7.5, 5 seconds. And this really hurts her in some matchups where she needs uh, to be poking a lot and she'll rush. I mean, you pretty much always rush Essence Reaver anyway. But, like, that cooldown really helps you to just poke people out of lane, get your farm and stuff like that. So I think this will bring Ash's popularity down a little bit. We've already seen her decline. Yeah, I think that... Early game, like, obviously late game, one second is not the biggest deal, especially if there's Essence Reaver or any cooldown built. But the early game, when there won't be those items, there's a full three-second discrepancy, and that's where we're going to see Ash falling off from this nerf is the early game. Yeah, for sure. All right, so just moving on a little bit. Uh, so we've seen a lot of the Triforce Echo with Fervor build popping up recently, and I really like this build. It's really nice, but they're decided that uh, Riot decided they're going to take uh, four of his base AD down. So they're taking it from 59 base attack damage down to 55. And this only takes 20 damage off of his Spellblade spell procs on uh, the Triforce. So it doesn't hurt him too much, but it's just bringing the general power level of that build down a little bit. Right. I think that they were getting a little unhappy, and they, I mean, Riot, uh, with Echo's overall jack-of-all-trades trait, where he could be somebody who deals a lot of damage and somebody who tanks effectively. And can now you can come up with these crazy builds, and I think they're trying to regulate him and lock him down. Yeah, I, I, think it's a, I think it's a good choice, even though I do like Echo a lot. So another one of these titans in the top lane right now is Gnar, and he, he got a buff on his W when he really didn't need it, and also with Frozen Mallet... Uh, being buffed at the same time, he came into meta pretty strongly. So they're just they uh, they decided that they're going to take down the base damage on his W from 
Uh, they're just taking five damage off at all ranks. So it, it scales from 15 to 55 right now. It's going to be from 10 to 50. And then on his, on his E, they're taking the uh, cooldown and bringing it up from 18 to 12. It's going to scale from 22 to 12. So it's going to be 22, 19.5, 17, 14.5, 12. From 18, 16.5, 15, 13.5, 12. So it, it hurts him a little bit more at the early levels. And E is really a one-point wonder. It's a, it's a, it's a good skill. Maybe Nars are going to want to put two points into E early now. Yeah, we could see that because even with putting two points into it, it's still going to be longer than the one point E before yeah, this exactly. match. But also the W um, five flat damage off of it, I think, just very needed. He's such a bully in lane, and a huge part of that is being able to abuse the W passive. So I'm yeah, and he's not really supposed to be a bully. He's he's supposed to really just go even. Or have some favorable matchups. Right. I think, in my opinion, I think he, he trades from afar lightly. And then when he gets Meganar, he has the capability to go all in. But if he has the capability to go all in as Mininar, he's too strong. And I remember playing some pretty sweet release Nar games where it didn't <laughs> matter which Mega or Mini, which one I was. I was going crazy. Yeah, for sure. So someone we haven't seen much of recently is Lee Sin. And, I mean, he pops up in solo queue. You just don't really see him that much in competitive. Uh, you really don't even see him that much in, in uh, ranked either, at least in my elo. Uh, but they've decided to increase his spell vamp on his W Iron Will by 5% at all ranks. And I think this will be really good for the clearing early in the jungle and being able to gank. And if he loses some health, uh, he'll be able to sustain up a little bit easier. I think it's an overall good change. I think with all the Rek'Sai nerfs and the other nerfs on other top meta junglers, seeing a Rex, I mean a Lee Sin buff is going to be really nice to see his flashy plays in worlds. And he's just such yeah, a, a fun sure. champion to watch. And I think that that's what Riot's trying to accomplish here. For sure. So moving on to another champion that got buffed when they didn't really need a buff at all is Talia, and she had the, her damage to minions on her Q increased, and also uh, her W is changed to vector casting like a victor laser. So uh, it made her damage way more reliable, and she has just amazing wave clear at the moment. So they've decided to peel back her damage to minions by 50% on her Q, and I think this is a really needed change, personally, because right now Talia can just push out waves and then roam and do ridiculous damage with her E, and they've taken the base damage on her E down um, by not too big, but it's 30 damage at max rank. It's Right now it's 80, 105, 130, 155, 180, and it's going to 70, 90, 110, 130, 150. And I think that's a, a good nerf on her. Not too much, but the main thing is her pushing power is going to be reduced on her Q. Yeah, I think this is definitely a needed change for Talia because I think her strengths aren't in being able to clear a wave really fast, um, necessarily, and when she is, she doesn't have to do it with any thought, and that isn't, in my opinion, fair. When you have a champion that, say, like, uh, Zillion, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to get the CS than somebody who can just brainlessly throw their spells. So removing bonus damage to minions and base damage on another minion clearing ability, I think, is very crucial. Mm -hmm. So as far as champions that have just been tearing it up in solo queue, competitive, just everywhere, Vladimir, 
I think is honestly quite overpowered right now. And they're they're doing some pretty heavy nerfs to him. They're taking his base HP down by 25. It's going to be uh, 525 at level 1 from 550. They're taking his Q and taking the healing bonus from 40 to 240 at levels 1 to 18 down to 30 to 200. And they're taking his uh, E, Tides of Blood, health cost to bonus damage conversion. It's going to be 2.5% to 10 max health based on duration uh, is what it was. And it's going to 25 to 8% max health. And they're also increasing the cooldown um, by quite a bit at the early levels. It's going from... 98765 seconds to 1311975 seconds. So taking a bunch of his trading ability, he won't be able to get so much health back so often, which is really Vladimir's main problem. You just can't kill him. I think Pogelto said it best. It's not necessarily that Vladimir is OP. It's um, he's actually not that great when you're able to play perfectly against him and execute correctly against him. But that's the thing, is that he makes you have to execute against him so perfectly. And he becomes such a nuisance to have to play around that it's just easier in 90% of solo queue and competitive games to just ban him out and not have to worry about him. And so I think taking away his constant pressure on his E and taking some heals down on his Q, taking a little bit of base HP down, definitely where they should be targeting him. Yeah, for sure. So another Titan that has just been tearing it up in solo queue is Yasuo. And I really think he needed nerfs. And then also, he needed a bug fix. There was a bug in 6.17 where he was getting an extra auto attack uh, when he ulted. And he saw a huge rise in win rate because of this. Oh, yeah. I think it he's was like really OP. A 6%, 7% win rate spike, something like that. Yeah, it just goes to show 5%. that getting a free auto in a, in a 1v1 is definitely OP. Yeah. So... Where they've decided to hit him is they're changing his attack speed. Basically, they're increasing his base attack speed ever so slightly from 0.658 to 0.670. But they're reducing his attack speed growth stat from 3.2% to 2.5% per level. And then also they're tweaking his um, R last breath to... Basically, you always want to just alt with uh, Yasuo and get that bonus armor penetration. But now the bonus armor penetration will only apply to Yasuo's critical strikes, which is going to force Yasuo to build more crit earlier. He's going to want at least like 30% by the time he's alting so that he's actually getting this armor penetration on his alt. And then a lot coupled with the nerf, that, or not nerf, but bug fix that is taking away the extra auto attack, I do think that Yasuo's are going to be not tearing it up quite as much, and they're also going to not be as tanky because they're going to have to build more crit early. Yeah, I think the mobility on this kit, along with his damage, is just too much. And so what they really have to do is they have to come in and they have to nerf down some of his quality of life. And some of his quality of life is his bonus damage that he gets, bonus armor pen that he gets on any target after he's ulted. And converting that to strictly B critical strikes will really hone down on Yasuo's win rate, I think. For sure. So, an item that has been pretty much pushing all the items out of the top lane meta is Frozen Mallet. It's a very, very strong item ever since they buffed it a couple patches ago. There, it's not so much a... I don't know if this is a nerf or if it's just a shift in power. I think it's a slight nerf. They're changing the total... They're keeping the total cost unchanged, but they're changing the build path 
It's no longer a Jarm's fa- uh, Fist, a Pickaxe, and a Ruby Crystal, and 625 gold. Now it's a Jarm's Fist, a Giant's Belt, and 900 gold. They're taking the attack damage from 40 to 30, and they're increasing the health on it from 650 to 700. So you're not going to be able to do as much damage with it, but you will be a little tankier. Yeah, I think it's less of a nerf or a buff and more of a change. They want to see this item more used on a champion that doesn't deal damage as their main as their main source of, of their cha- what their champion does, right? Like Yasuo or Fiora or even Darius. Yeah, they and this doesn't to... want to be just like a free build because you want to kill people more. Right, you shouldn't be able to build Frozen Mallet on those champions, but there are still champions that do deserve it and that should have it, and so giving it more HP but taking the attack damage off I think is crucial, and I think the build path has to do a lot with how much gold is in your pocket. 625 gold was how much you used to be able to have, and now you have to have a whopping 900. That's, you know, a whole 33% more gold that you're going to yeah, have sure. before you can back. So I think they're going to be delaying power spike between getting that item as well as making sure you can't build it on carries. Yeah, for sure. So a small little tweak that they're adding is something we talked about last week. It's the inv- invulnerability HUD. So... Basically, when someone gets Taric ulted or someone's in the uh, Kindred ulti dropping below 10% or they have a Kale ulti on them or something like that, uh, their health bar will get a golden uh, outline, some sort of border, a golden border around it that will more uh, easily demonstrate to someone visually that that person cannot take damage because there's so many different if stasis effects and effects that keep you alive now in the game uh, that I think this is really needed. Honestly, just yeah. for clarity's sake. I was playing on the PBE yesterday, and a match ended, and I noticed everyone's bar went gold when we flew over to the Nexus and no one could take damage. And that's cool. Yeah, so you'll definitely be able to see it pretty much at the at least once every game. Yeah. At, towards the end of the game, everyone should get it after the yeah, match. people will be able to check that out. And there's also some little changes to uh, rank decay um, up in Challenger and Master Tier, but I'm not really qualified to address how this is going to change it basically the idea is that people are going to have to fight for their spots more and from what i've seen from streamers they like this idea because it means that there's no longer no incentive to stay to play on your uh high elo account right now I you're know, actually going to want to keep your spot i know a large problem in the community is there's only 200 challenger spots and there's a lot of accounts that are smurfs so a person would have three or four accounts and two or three of those accounts could be in Challenger at the same time. So right. um, this is going to make this be uh, make that person really have to earn that title of having three accounts that are in Challenger. Yeah. So with these uh, with the patch notes and all the changes that we just discussed, uh, let's get into how the meta has been shifting and will be shifting in the coming weeks with this new patch. So let's just start at the top of the map. Um, as far as top lane goes, uh, Yasuo is a good pick right now. We might be seeing a reduction of him a little bit, but I do think that Phantom Dancers into uh, IE or full tank will still be pretty effective on him. And then also two champions that you might not have seen much but are definitely coming into res- like are resurging are Malphite and Jace. Jace got some buffs last patch, and Malphite has been getting steadily buffed for the last, like, three couple patches, or every other, or something like that. He's, he keeps getting buffed for some reason, but I guess they want to see uh, 
big big Malphite plays at Worlds. Yeah, seeing how Malphite and Jace are both basically flex picks, you can play Jace either in the mid or the top, and you can play Malphite in the jungle or the top. And theoretically in the mid or support, although I don't recommend it. <laughs> yeah, um, please don't. It's it's probably worth a ban as well. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I would agree with that, because basically the way the top lane meta is right now is that there are carry top laners that want to bully, and a lot of them are AD and Malphite, neutralizes them and then does better than them in the team fights with less gold. Right. So I think a, I think Jace is pick. exactly what the the prime example of what you just explained. So Malphite would be a good pick into Jace. Mm-hmm. For sure. But it says so, good. Mm-hmm. Moving down to the jungle, uh a champion that's just been sleeper, you don't see much of him, but he's so strong and you really should all play him is Skarner. He's just Drake control is so important in this meta, and you can get Drakes for free with Skarner and his zones, pretty much. Yeah, so. his shrines are absolutely fantastic, and a lot of players who are first trying to get into Skarner don't realize one of the most crucial things about him, which is when you set up your shrines, you can, you have to kite the monsters back into the circle to get yeah, your exactly. bonus. And so I'm sure a lot of players are turned off after one or two games of Skarner in a subpar performance. But if you really put the uh, effort into it, he's definitely a strong jungler at the moment. Yeah, and there's a little tip for people. The greatest thing about your Skarner, uh, like, shrines, is not necessarily that, oh, the the enemy team's just going to recapture them. They're free wards. When you see that switch on your minimap, you know someone was just there. And if you, you think it just switched, you can hover, you can go over to it and look, and you can see the circle contracting, like if someone just, uh captured it so you know that someone was there and you can mind game people you can uh not capture it on your way to gank someone through the jungle so that they don't even think you're there because you didn't capture it but really you just ran through it kill them go back capture it, and kill the whole jungle so yeah. he's, he's really strong such a huge part of jungling right now is knowing where the opponent jungler is and i think skarner shrines allow him to do that effectively for sure um, and then Malphite as, is really good in the jungle also, as we talked about earlier, but he's just, he's a strong pick, great in team fights. And then someone who I was interested to see if she was going to be resurging is Vi. I, I really like Vi. She's a fun champion, but basically she can go mess up bot lane, get first brick, take first dragon. Uh, and that's your game plan with, uh, Vi pretty much is just go kill the enemy AD carry over and over again. And that's effective right now because the meta is... Get fed and bring it to bot lane, pretty much. Yeah, absolutely. Buys strong uh, before six, strong at six, and strong after six, and that's uh, that's just a champion that a lot of people are going to feel comfortable with in most matchups. They're not really going to feel like you can get counterpicked. You're going to feel like you can, like you said, get the first brick easy with that E being able to smash turrets. Also, very effective ganks with her all with her uh, click alt. Oh yeah, and we we didn't have uh, it ran down here, but I would also recommend Hecarim. He did get nerfed, but I don't feel like the nerfs even really hurt him. Uh, personally, I just rush Triforce into Cinderhulk and then Sterix and go full tank, and uh, that's quite effective for me. Yeah, definitely. Um, so then, keeping it moving on the map down to the mid lane. Uh, basically everyone that we're looking at in the mid lane is someone who can clear the wave fast and then go help out their other lanes. We're looking at Twisted Fate, Ari, and Aurelian Soul. Uh, all three of these so easily clear a wave and then go run bot, go run top, grab an objective, grab the first brick, 
Like plays around six with these champion champions are all really strong. Yeah, I think these champions are definitely strong in their factor to be able to bring clear the way fast, like you said, and bring it bring their power to a different lane or to the jungle's lane or jungler. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, something exactly. something that uh, or so a champion that we don't have written down here as well is Ziggs. Now Ziggs may not have spiked in win rate just yet, but I think that he will as soon as people realize how effective his satchel is for getting the first brick and the fact that he can help um, his bot lane from say a twisted fate alt without having to go down there. He can meet them down. He basically can travel down to Island Brush and help. And run back yeah, up to his lane. Yeah, just and then get the turret anyway. Right, and then run back up to his lane and get first brick. I think that Ziggs is a really strong pick, and I think that he'll be slowly rising in popularity and win rate. Yeah, and if you guys don't know, when we say first brick, we mean uh, the first tower gold. It is like 600 gold funneled that you can funnel directly into one person if they get the solo gold. So that, that will swing a lane. Like, if you're a jungler and you see that... Uh, your top laner's losing or something, but they've gotten a lot of damage on that tower. If you can go kill their top laner and take that tower and give that gold to him, you never have to go top again. He just won that lane. He just got, like, two kills ahead of yeah. the enemy top laner. Yeah, first first break is definitely a, a strategy everyone wants to be using nowadays. I we have, saw that with that singe. Yeah, <laughs> I was playing against a Zed in the mid lane, and I shot him down. He was actually two deaths, two in, oh, zero and two to me early on, but his... Uh, team ended up giving him the first top turret and a Rift Herald while I unfortunately had an AFK on my team. And by the time that he reconnected, it was too late. Zed was going off. So I think that if you utilize the fact that you can get up to 600 gold on one person, then first brick is is, is something you're going to want to bring into champs. Like, who can destroy the turrets fast? Tristana, like I said, Ziggs, anybody that can smash turrets fast. Yeah, for sure. So... Swinging it even further down the map to a bot lane. Take a look at the AD carries. Um, Ash is falling off, and with this nerf, she's going to be falling off even further. Um, we also have uh, Jin with a little bit of nerf. He's he's still popular, but not quite as strong. And then we also have Misfortune, Kogma, and Vayne. Those are all three coming up because they're so good at just duking it out with you. Yeah, I think that right now the strongest part about these AD carries is being able to just stand still and duke it out. Like, Misfortune definitely can sit there and trade on you. Kogma, obviously. And Vayne is really elusive. So before that, we were seeing Sivir and Ash, who are kind of good at kiting back and stalling, and then a last second turning it. Well, now we're seeing Misfortune, Kogma, and Vayne, who are just straight able to turn it off the bat. Yeah. So then, moving down to the support, it's kind of boring, to be honest. It's the AP supports, the healers, like Soraka, Janna, Nami, Sona. And Sion continues to have high win rate and very low play rate. Play Sion, he's fun in the bot lane. <laughs> yeah, uh, bot lane's definitely... You're going to want to just play healers or AP supports if you want the cheesy win. Obviously, tanks like Nautilus and Braum are strong when used correctly, but they do not have nearly as high win rates. Yeah, because you have to actually play them smartly. You can't just sit back and... I I definitely think that Janna and Soraka are great examples of somebody that doesn't have to play very well and still can do a lot of work for their team. For sure. Um, So, 
let's move on to the public beta environment. We we just got a huge slew of new chromas that all all look just great, to be honest. There's some for Battle Bunny Riven, Debonair Ezreal, Mecha Malphite, uh, Lunar Goddess Diana. There's a Ward skin. There's some there's some nice little things popping up on the PB as far as cosmetics. I think the coolest thing about this chroma drop is that there's eight whole chromas for Battle Bunny Riven, eight chromas for Debonair Ezreal, eight for Mecha Malphite, and seven for Diana, as opposed to the three or four we're used to. Yeah, exactly. There's so many color palettes. Like, it really lets you pick the one that you think looks nice for your character. You know, like what you, what suits you as a player. Right. And speaking of skins and chromas, they did just drop the new skins on the this patch as well. Oh yeah, the the Baker Baker the, like Pantheon the, and the, the food themes yeah. ones, the sashimi Akali. Oh, I I want to get that Akali skin. That's just so good. They're definitely some fantastic skins. So, yeah, the PBE sprinklings are pretty light this week. I'm just going to... Right, I mean... Blair did just oh, there's also, there's also a new Cottontail Teemo splash, which, thank the yes. Lord, that someone at Riot took a look. I don't know. Everyone go do yourself a favor. Look at the... Like, if you haven't seen the Cottontail Teemo splash that they currently have, they decided that they would take the Chinese version of the Splash, which is literally the same picture with just this weird, like, raccoon-looking face for Timo. It's it's disturbing. Like, it really looks weird. Uh, I'm happy that they changed it to a more, more happy little bunny Timo than a creepy raccoon Timo. Right. A couple of months back, they did that big change where they went through a, a whole handful of Splash Arts and changed them from Chinese and English to be the same one on both servers so that everyone had the same splashes. And unfortunately, with the Teemo skin, they went with the Chinese <laughs> version, which is pretty much <laughs> identical to the English version if Teemo had Down Syndrome. So, <laughs> like, literally, he just looked a little yeah, special. It definitely like, didn't look very very good. So I'm really glad they dropped a new, um, a new splash that's definitely a good one. Oh, yeah, and I'm looking at the championship... Ward skin for 2016. It looks very regal. It's definitely as well nice. as all the tweaks on the championship Z skin. Yeah, yeah, they definitely made it look a lot better. I was not, I was a fan of it before, but just a little bit, a uh, little bit wonky on some of the details. So, I guess that's it as far as updates for the game itself for League of Legends. So let's move on to the professional side of League of Legends. So we had all of the teams for the World Championships actually locked in over this weekend. Uh, We saw the LCS regional qualifiers. We saw LMS regional qualifiers happen during the week. We saw, I don't know when the LPL, but I may uh, qualified from there. And and then Samsung qualified also from Korea. So there's a lot of exciting, exciting things going on all over here. Especially so for just about every one of those organizations. Yeah, so let's just start with NA and then circle it around the globe. Um, so we saw a pretty nice like match between Immortals and Cloud9. And to be honest, the story of this series was Impact playing his heart out. Yeah, like, I think uh, 
Cloud Nine made it clear that they were going to Worlds. They played just a fantastic uh, match, every single match they had in the uh, the gauntlet this year. I think something that is definitely notable, um, besides Impact having the most solo kills in the gauntlet, is also Meteos' KDA. I believe it's 24.8. And I think the yeah, it was something ridiculous. Something like, like 7.5. Yeah, it, it, a Medios and Impact just played out of their mind, and seeing how Jensen and, and Sneaky are on that team, they don't even need to be carrying. It's just like a plus. So I'm really excited for NA, seeing how their third seed's looking that strong. You yeah, know? for real. For real. And I mean, to be honest, some people are talking about Immortals, you know, they, they should be going to Worlds, but let, let's face it, guys, the, the teams who have beaten Immortals are the ones who are going to Worlds. Like, Cloud9... CLG, TSM, they, uh, they all beat Immortals when it counted, like, in the spring and summer season. So, like... Yeah. Immortals had a chance in the spring split, and they didn't get enough points, and they had a chance again in the summer split, and they couldn't win, and then they had another chance here in the, in gauntlet, the gauntlet, and they yeah, couldn't and they do it. it. And it's like, I love Immortals, I really do, I appreciate them as a team, but, yeah, you gotta have a you got to win. you got to you got to win. And like, they did the win. best, yeah. And I think every so. single team that made it to Worlds earned it. That's what I think. For sure. I mean, as Yamato Cannon said in an interview, the, uh, if you guys don't know, the coach of Splice, uh, he said, the teams at Worlds are stacked. Like, Worlds is stacked. Like, the interviewer, uh, Dexter, asked him, like, uh, you know, who do you want to face or who don't you want to face? And he's like, everyone is going to be good. This year, you know, it's there's no one's. You're not looking at anyone and saying, "Oh, yeah, we, oh, we hope we get them." Like, no, this is gonna be a tough world competition for everyone. Yeah, I agree. I mean, even the international wildcard teams, I believe it's Ints and Albus Knox Luna. They're both very, very dominant teams. Watching them in the uh, qualifiers, it, it, yeah, it looked was, a it lot. It looked a lot like those two guys were running the show. Yeah, for sure. So. Let's just swing it over uh, over the pond to Europe. Um, so we saw Unicorns of Love actually do pretty well in the gauntlet and then, you know, get ended in the finals. But I feel a little vindicated, to be honest, uh, for saying that UOL could come back because their strength has always been in best of fives. And I I did say that uh, I feel they could do it, and then, you know, it's a bit of everyone else being like, well, I don't know, and then I almost second-guessed myself because I, I was thinking, well, should I even be trusting unicorns in their, for, you know, in their current form? But uh, I hope that they, uh, you know, their manager, if you guys haven't seen him dressed up in that pony, the <laughs> unicorn suit, it's it's just glorious. It's just hilarious. And, you know, they really love that. They're really dedicated to that team, and they really love their players. I hope that they... Uh, you know, keep working, try and attain their goal of going to Worlds and, you know, or winning Europe or something like that, you know? Yeah, I, I really wanted UOL to win, especially seeing all the controversy with them not getting uh, any scrim partners and then 3 owing Fnatic, although I think Fnatic has some very big internal issues to iron out. Yeah, Fnatic's having a bit of, like, G2 pre-MSI in the spring split. Like, it's just... Uh... Right, I'm not quite sure what's going on with that. Well, they got rid of Daylor. And Dalo is like, we have this great coach, guys. Uh, really, really uh, liking how he brought us to Worlds and right. like won us these splits and got us this perfect split. All right, let's get rid of him. 
I think, yeah, I think, <laughs> like, I think what? whatever made them leave was like a definitely a decision that that Daylor had to agree with as well. But I think this was a bad time. They still had a chance to go to Worlds, and if they just stuck it out for a little while longer, I think that would have been the most 